back to Sister Alicast T, where we talk about all things church related. My name is Allison C. Holt, and I am your host. Today, we are going to continue our journey through the Bible in 2024. We started at the book of Genesis, and we have just finished the book of Judges, and we are going into the book of Ruth. That's right, we are at the book of Ruth, which is a very short book. It's only four chapters, and it basically can be read in 15 minutes. But, however, we are going to read chapter 1 and chapter 2 and do a brief breakdown of those two chapters. We will come back and do chapters 3 and chapters 4 and do a breakdown of those chapters. So, as we've done before, we read the two chapters and I will be reading from the NIV version for the new believers to get a, a greater understanding However, I am a fan of the King James Version. I will be reading from the NIV, but I am a fan of the King James Version. Now, let's get started because it's going to go very quickly. It's not much to, um, to the Book of Ruth, so we're going to read it, and then we're going to see what we can uh, retain or glean, which is not a pun, <laughs> as a matter of fact, but we will see what we can glean from the book of Ruth. Okay, Ruth chapter 1, starting at the first verse. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. And just a little bit of information, the Moabites and the Israelites were enemies. They were bitter enemies at this time. So for him to leave, Israel leave his people and go to live in the land of the Moabites was a was a task or a great feat I would say and let me just read a little bit of this information for you the author stresses that Ruth which we're going to be reading about Ruth is a Moabitess a fact that would have great greatly impressed the original readers more Moab and Israel were bitter enemies, and Ruth took a risk by immigrating to a land that might treat her as a despised foreigner. The story of family love and loyalty took place during the time of the judges, when murder, immorality, and general anarchy prevailed. So this was a bad time for her Ruth to uh, immigrate over to Israel. However, we're going to get back to the reading and we'll see what actually took place. And we know that God is, he's working behind the scenes in this book. It does not uh, mention God, but we know for a surety when we get to the end and find out 
who Ruth really is, we, we know for a surety that God was behind the scenes doing what he did. Okay, let's start over. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife, his two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malone and Kilion. They were Ephraimites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, <clears throat> one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malone and Kilian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Now when she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughter-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But, but Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons? Who could become your husband? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and, gave, and then gave birth, to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. At this they wept. Then Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and to her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord... Uh, deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you from me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. 
So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred up because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she said to them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So, so Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Now listen, Naomi, she went away with her husband and her two sons, and now she's coming back alone. Her husband died, her two sons died, now she's coming back with one of her daughter-in-laws so she's saying don't call me naomi which naomi means my delight she said call me mara and mara means bitterness so she didn't want them to call her naomi she wanted her them to call her bitterness because she felt like god had uh basically caused calamity to come upon her life made her life bitter made her afflicted and she's actually said that god did this to her but listen all of this is in the plan the will of the lord for her to go away for her to come back and to have naomi uh for naomi to come back and have ruth with her why because there's a a large uh extensive plan going on in the background sometimes we wonder why is this happening and why is that happening or uh the famous quote or the famous cliche why do bad things happen to good people well god has a plan is what i tell you god has a plan for everyone everybody he knows the end from the beginning he knows your end your personal life he knows your end from the very beginning he knows what you're going to do he knows that if you're going to live for him or not he knows that if you're going to um, um turn away from god if you're going to serve the devil or not he already knows that and we've talked about this this in previous episodes when god began to tell moses about the children of israel he began to say before they went into the promised land and moses was about to die god told moses that the children of israel will turn away from him and serve idol gods and do all manner of evil before him he told moses so he already knew what they were going to do prior to them going into the promised land he knew that they were going to fall into the trap of worshiping the idol gods that the people in the promised land worship so god knows your beginning or he knows your end from the very beginning so don't be discouraged when bad things are happening to good people i mean i can be an example for you when things uh, um go back and read the inside source i'll go back and listen to the inside source when i tell my story there's a uh, inside source one and two go back to those podcasts listen to my story and let me tell you 
Um, a lot of times we ourselves open doors, uh, open um, demonic doors. Just put it out there. Open demonic doors that allow the enemy or the devil and his cohorts to come in and to attack your life. A lot of times uh, we as individuals do that on our own accord. A lot of times our ancestors do it. Our ancestors open those demonic doors and the, 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 um, their sin has fallen upon the future generations. So that can be another reason. So it's different reasons why bad things happen to good people. But let me tell you, regardless of what is going on, God himself has a plan for your life. God himself has a plan for that good person's life. The bad things are happening to that good person, but God has a plan. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible states that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers them out of them all there are many many afflictions come upon the people of god or come upon uh um, the children of god however god delivers out of them all he also states that he will not put no more upon us than what we can bear if it's happening to us, then we can bear it in God's eyesight. And God is the one who made us. He made us in his own image. So if God feels like we can bear it, then apparently we can bear it. Now, also in that same scripture uh, uh, verses, he also said he will provide a way of escape. So if it is too much to bear, well, you feel like it is too much for you to bear. There is a way of escape. God has placed there a way of escape, a way to get a peace of mind, a way to uh, get some calmness, a way um, to go where the enemy uh, will leave you alone. Basically, the Bible says if we resist the devil, he will flee from us resisting the devil listen the devil loves for us to give him attention he loves for all the attention to be upon him him and his cohorts it is and i and it is very true because i have learned that from my own experience the devil does not like it or the uh or any of his cohorts they do not like it when uh, your attention is not upon them. They love for your attention to be upon them. Why? Because this, this is a strategy of the enemy for you to pay attention to what he is doing instead of what God is doing. And they don't like it. The enemy does not like it when you do not pay them attention. And I know that from, from experience myself. So resist the devil and he will flee. He will, he may come back because the Bible says uh, when a demon is cast out, he's going to go and he's going to walk through dry places, but he's always going to come back to what he calls his home. And what he calls his home is our human body. 
That's what the enemy or the devil or a demon calls his home. Why? Because demons want to live inside of a human body. And the Bible tells us he will walk in dry places. And if he can't find another home, he's going to come right back to the home he was cast out of. To see if it's swept and clean. To see if he can get back in there. If there's no Holy Spirit there. If there's no God there. If, if, if the door is wide open. Not only is he going to come. But he's going to bring his buddies with him. That's worse than him. Come on somebody. We got to read our Bible. To understand that all of this is told to us in the bible the bible also states that you know basically we're not ignorant that we we won't be ignorant of the devil's devices we have to know the strategy the tactics the devices of the devil in order to fight in this battle we know that the battle has already been won but listen, we are upon this earth and we are in these fleshly bodies. And as long as we're here, the enemy is going to come up against us and we're going to have to fight. Listen, the, uh, the devil came to Jesus Christ and told him to uh, uh, turn stones into bread so he can eat while he was on his fast. He took him up on a pinnacle and said, look at all of this land. Why? Because the devil is the, uh, uh, the father. Of, of the earth basically and he told jesus jesus i'll give you all this listen jesus is the son of god he is god how can you tell jesus he's going to give you are you going to give him something that already belongs to him but listen satan has dominion upon this earth why he was cast down and adam and eve gave up their right to have dominion so that's when it's, satan stepped in and took over dominion my God, I'm Zion. We just, I'm just all over the place right now. But I'm trying to make a point. And I hope you gathered that point. So, let's go over to chapter 2 and read that. And we are going to give a brief summary. And we are going to call it a day. Ruth chapter 2. Now, Naomi had a relative on her her on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. And listen, we've read about it in the book of Leviticus, how God commanded the people when you pick when you pick your fruit off the trees, don't pick all of it. Leave some for the poor. When you pick, uh, gather out of your field, don't gather everything. Leave some for the poor. Listen, God has always uh, commanded his people to care for the poor. So it is, it is um, to our benefit that we care for the poor, that we do or uh, we give to the poor it is a commandment it was a commandment back then it's a command all throughout the bible you will find that god wants us to care for the poor 
So this is what Naomi, uh, Ruth is saying at this time because they're poor. They are poor at this time. So Ruth wanted to go glean in the fields behind those that were uh, picking the fields, harvesting the fields, and what was left over was for the poor. And she wanted to go out and gather food for them out of the fields. Let's read that again. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. So Boaz is the, uh, a cousin or a relative of Naomi. Now, just when Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters, the Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his uh, harvesters, whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for the short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in any other field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of her husband or your husband how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before may the lord repay you with what you have done may you be richly rewarded by the lord the god of israel under whose wings you have come to take refuge so you see how when you do good, how good follows my God from Zion. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have been given comfort. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant. Though I do not have the standing on one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvester, she, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. Come on, somebody. Look how God, good God is. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't em, em, 
don't embarrass her rather pull out some stalks for her <clears throat> excuse me from the bundle and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her so Ruth gleaned in the field until evening then she threshed the barley and she get that she had gathered basically and it amounted to about an ephah she she carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough her mother-in-law asked her where did you glean today where did you work did you blessed be the man who took notice of you then ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working the name of the man I work for today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She's, she added that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls because in someone else's field, you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvest were finished. And she lived it with her mother-in-law. My God, that is chapter two. So we read chapters one and chapter two and you notice how Naomi told Ruth to stay with the girls stay in Boaz's field because if she go to somebody else's field she could be harmed you know it was a dangerous time especially uh for a woman to be out gleaning in the field uh working in the field uh surrounded by men so that was a good thing on her part that Boaz came out and told her to stay in his field because everybody is not kind. Everybody is not gentle. Everybody is not good. There's a lot of evil in the world. It was a lot of evil back then. It's a lot of evil today. So now let's see. Let's just do a recap on what we have read here in Ruth chapters 1 and chapters 2. And I do apologize for the horrible reading. I know it was bad. But here we go. Let's, let's, let's do a recap. Now the book of Ruth, set during the time of the judges, is a story of loyalty, of kindness, and the providence of God. It begins with tragedy, but moves toward hope and redemption through the actions and the relationship of its characters. It does, beginning with tragedy is the death of Elimelech and the death of his two sons. Now, the story opens during a famine in Israel, prompting Elimelech and his wife Naomi to move from Bethlehem to Moab with their two sons, who marries Moabite women. Orpah and Ruth. Over time, Elimelech and his sons die, leaving Naomi and her daughter-in-laws as widows. Hearing that the Lord had provided food for his people, the Thamim was over. So hearing that the Lord provided food for his people, Naomi decides to return to Bethlehem. Initially, Oprah 
and Ruth start to accompany her, but Naomi urges them to return to their mother's house in Moab. Oprah eventually leaves, but Ruth clings to Naomi, famously declaring, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. This is a famous, uh, I will say, quote from the Bible, very famous quote from the Bible about what Ruth said to Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. In the King James Version, says states lodge. Okay, Ruth's loyalty to Naomi is evident as she insists on staying with her. They arrive in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. That's why we talk about harvesting the wheat. Uh, setting the stage for unfolding of God's pro pro for God's care for them. This is God working in the back scenes. The story does not talk about God, but you most definitely can see the work, the working of God. Because she just having to uh, land on Boaz's field. She didn't have to pick his field to glean on, but that's the field that she was led to. That's the field that she went to. And and Boaz happened to be a kinsman. My God, I'm saying, okay, we're going to go to chapter two. Okay, Ruth goes to glean in the fields to provide for herself and Naomi. So she's working for, uh, even, even though we can, and we read about this in the book of Leviticus, how they had to leave, um, leave um, droppings, if you will, for the poor. And this also lets us know that the poor didn't get handouts. They had to work for what they got. So they had to go out in the fields and work just like everybody else had to work. However, they got it for free and they got what was left over, which was a lot of times barely nothing. That's why Boaz told his harvesters to leave more for root. You can we can gather that from that. Okay, Ruth goes to glean in the fields to provide for herself and Naomi. She ends up in the field of Boaz, a wealthy and kind man who, that's why you hear all the women say, I'm looking for my Boaz. <laughs> oh, so many years they're looking for their Boaz. So uh, um, Christian women want or desire a man like Boaz, the man, a kind man, not to mention wealthy, but a kind man, a man that um, basically loves the laws of the Lord. Okay, so she ended up in the field of Boaz, a wealthy and kind man who is also a relative of Elimelech. Boaz notices Ruth and having heard of her loyalty to Naomi, instructs his workers to leave extra grain for her to gather. Boaz speaks kindly to Ruth, offering her protection and permission to drink water from his workers' jars. He praises her dedication to Naomi and prays that God will reward her fully. Ruth returns to Naomi with a substantial amount of barley, explaining how Boaz had been kind to her. Naomi is thankful and reveals that Boaz is one of their kinsmen redeemers, a relative who has the responsibility 
to support, help support them. Naomi recognizes God's hand in leading Ruth to Boaz's field. Listen, chapters one and chapter two of Ruth set the stage for a story of redemption and divine providence. Through Naomi's loss and return, Ruth's loyalty and Boaz's kindness, we see the beginning of God's plan to provide it for Naomi and Ruth, illustrating themes of faithfulness, redemption, and the integration of a Moabite woman into the lineage of Israel, which will have significant implications for the genealogy of King David and ultimately for Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus Christ came down through the lineage of David, which is in the New Testament, and hopefully we will get to read that. Uh, and um, and I say that to say this that David is like the great 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 grandson of Naomi, and who is the father? Boaz, which we will find that out in the third and the fourth chapter. Well, thank you for listening to Esther's Alice Cat's Tea, and we are going to pray. As we close out this podcast, may God bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Cecilia Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. I hope you got something out of the book of Ruth, chapters 1 and chapter 2. How goodness will follow you. You be good, good will follow you. You be gracious, gracious will graciousness will follow you. God provides for the poor. God provides for his people. It does not matter what situation, what circumstance. God, Ruth is a Moabitist, uh, a bitter enemy of the Israelites. However, if you look at the lineage down the line, they are actually family. Listen, the Moabite race comes from, or lineage is comes from Lot. You remember Abraham and his nephew Lot? Well, the Moabite nation came from Lot. Remember Abraham had Isaac, Jacob, Isaac, Jacob and uh, Joseph, the people of Israel were in the land of Egypt because of Joseph. Jacob had the 12 tribes of Israel. So Abraham is the grandfather or the forefather of the Israelites. Abraham's nephew Lot is the forefather of the Moabites. So basically, they are distant cousins, but they are bitter enemies at this point in time. However, God shows, or here we can see where God does not um, have respect of person, as the Bible tells us. He is not a respecter of person. He loves everybody. He loves the Israelites. They are his chosen people, but he also invited or engrafted Ruth in to the family tree who is a Moabitess. So God 
God is so infinite in his wisdom and the things that he do. Listen, in the book of Ruth, they do not talk about God, but we can see all of the implications of God at work behind the scenes. And we really look at the story, what we are reading, and how each and every step took place. Again, thank you for listening to LKST, where we're talking about all things church-related. We are journeying through the Bible here in 2024. And um, yeah, like, comment, follow, share, follow this ministry. And I love you, and I'll talk to you soon.